Hey, Emily. Hey, Stephanie. You uh, want to do a podcast? Absolutely. Welcome to Cycle Chats, a podcast to destigmatize what it means to be a woman. This is episode 40, Let's Break Down Endometriosis, where we talk to a woman who is here to help women who no longer want to normalize the pain, who are ready to advocate for proper care and ready to conquer endometriosis. LJ, welcome to the podcast, LJ. Thank you, Emily and Stephanie. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Like you said, it's girls' night. I'm ready to like kick back on the couch and just chat all things endo, all things women's I love that. And I love your presence online too, because, you know, we always do our research before we have guests on. And I just loved how well you advocate for this because I have heard stories of women who go to the doctors and literally get told you have anxiety. And they're like, no, I definitely don't. Like something's happening. And you're like, you have anxiety. It's because there's something going on with my body and I don't know what's going on. So it's actually causing the anxiety happens all the time, unfortunately, in the endo community. Well, I'm excited to dive in and learn. I know little about it. So I look forward to educating myself and educating the listeners on what it is and how we can kind of help bridge this gap and start destigmatizing endometriosis. So my first question is always, what made you get into this field? Right. So like you said, being an advocate. So as a woman of color, it took longer for me to get my diagnosis. And there's a lot of disparities when it comes to brown and black women, women of color. And so for me, Unfortunately, it took me 16 years to get my diagnosis. So when people are like, you know, why did you choose, you know, endometriosis over fibroids, over PCOS, over anxiety, over all these other things, I'm like, you know, I've maybe dealt with all of those things, but here's the deal. The endometriosis, I mean, I hate to use the term stole a lot of my life, but it took a lot away from me. So once I kind of figured out what was going on, got that diagnosis and was like, okay, then I'm like, okay, let me drag my women. Let me drag my sisters up, right? Because I climbed the mountain alone and it was super stressful. 16 years of not knowing what was going on with my body, like you said, going to the doctor, you know, then you're telling them the symptoms, they're looking at you and you're kind of like, you keep coming in. So we're going to kind of help you. But then after a while, they're like, you know what? I think it's all in your head. What we're going to do is give you a referral to a mental health practitioner. And you're like, yeah, I'd love to talk to someone about this, you know, going on, but I still think there's something going on with my body. And so that was me. Like I did it alone. I joke about it, you know, and I love me some internet. Don't get me wrong, but me and Dr. Google and babycenter.com, you know, literally like back, you guys are a little younger back in the day. We didn't have Instagram and all the fun stuff. So I was literally like in a mom forum, like, is anyone else having murder scene period? Are you passing out? Like I thought it was normal. And so it took me a really long time to get the diagnosis. And then once I got the diagnosis, it was like, okay, that, you know, throat punch Thursday where you're like, okay, I got the diagnosis, but there was no cure handed to me. So then there was the other part of my journey. So that's my long answer to why I started because I did it alone. I didn't have the answers. I didn't have the support. I didn't have clubhouse and Instagram and Twitter and all of these things that we have now for the support. So for me, it was like, it was my job to advocate, especially when it comes to brown and black women, because they don't know what they don't know, right? A lot of people think endo is just period pain. So a lot of doctors, right? When you go in, your OB-GYNs are like, oh yeah, endometriosis, period pain. Cool, honey. Let me throw you on some birth control. You know, let me get to the patch. Let me get into this. And those things can be helpful, but it's also, you know, really educating. Like you said, this is all about educating on this fireside chat that it really is a lot more going on. And so the more that you raise awareness, you know, the more that I get out there, it really is opening up people's eyes and honestly setting them free, right? It's not really giving you a cure, but it's that burning question that's been nagging you. It's all these things that are going on with your body, like finally getting those answers. And it's so unbelievably true 
my friend is a doctor. She had a lady come in, was a black lady, and she came in. She said, you're the first doctor to listen to me. And she said it, it absolutely broke her. She's like, because here I am in my place of privilege. And I listened to this as woman to woman. I was listening to her and I was like, this lady needs help. And she goes, and it was astounding to me that no one helped her sooner. And I was able to help her right away. I was able to actually listen through what she was saying and go, I know exactly what's wrong and what needs to be fixed. So the fact that you're advocating for that, it's needed and it's needed everywhere. Before we continue on, what is endometriosis? Because I think some of us have an idea of what it is, but others are like, what is this new word I'm hearing? Big, long word. And it's like, <laughs> Spicala, what, what is it? It's, so it's endometriosis. But if you don't want to do the whole Spicala long word, it's endo, E-N-D-O, right? So that's something you could even use in the medical community. And they're like, okay, they may not understand what it's all about, but if you say endo, everyone it's kind of like, I got you. But here's the deal, right? It's hard to talk about you know, just what it is. So I'm going to kind of bounce back and forth with some of the misconceptions, because I think some of the things that people think of as soon as they think of endometriosis, they're like, oh, it's a reproductive disorder. Oh, there's something wrong with your uterus. Oh, you got a painful period, right? So those are a lot of the misconceptions. And I'm sure we'll cover more of those misconceptions. But endometriosis is uterine-like tissue. I always say it three times, you guys. (laughs) So bear with me. I'm saying it louder for the people in the back, because so many times you'll see it's endometrial lining, it's urine tissue, it's, you know, all of this stuff. No, 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 baby girl, circle back. It is uterine-like tissue. I got to say it three times to make sure uterine-like tissue found outside of the uterus, right? So uterus is here. All that tissue is outside of the uterus, right? It is hormonally driven. It has lots of chronic inflammation, right? Not just with the lesions, but throughout your entire body. It also has autoimmune-like factors. So the hormonal imbalance, you know, that may have caused my endo, you know, LJ's endo could have been caused by one thing, you know, Julie and Jennifer's and everyone else could be caused by something else, right? So like I said, it's uterine-like tissue found outside of the uterus. It is hormonally fluctuating, right? So when the hormones change, it can also create its own hormones. It's chronic systemic inflammation throughout your entire body. So not just your pelvic area, not just your uterus, not just a period problem. It's what they want us to think, right? And then to make it double complicated and add that double whammy, it's the autoimmune-like factors, right? So then you start having these immune system issues, these things that are going on with your body and you're like, gosh, I'm a healthy person. Or people look at you and they're like, well, you look really healthy. You're eating organic. You're doing all the things, but your immune system is under attack 24-7 because of the inflammation. That's the small definition. <laughs> I mean, and, and the fact that it's just waved off, oh, it's just a period thing. You know, I had a doctor side note say, because I was mentioning about my hormone levels before my period, my anxiety spikes and I get like beside myself. And he's like, oh, with your, what did he say? Your lady thing. But it was very demeaning. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I didn't go back. I can assure you of that. I was like, no, I'm going to get a female doctor. (laughs) That was so- Or anyone, anyone that'll listen. And I want to circle back to something you said, the practitioner that said that she was talking to the black woman and was able to listen. And that is the biggest thing, right? It's practitioners. And, you know, I understand as a practitioner as well, that they're not listening, right? You maybe have, you know, four or five patients you want to see every 30 minutes. You're giving me five minutes. You're giving Emily seven minutes. Stephanie comes in, she's crying. So maybe we'll give her nine because she seems like she's being needy today. And it's like, it's not that we're being needy, right? We probably need more than 10 minutes, right? And there are things that I do with my patients and clients to help them advocate, but it's having a physician that will actually listen to your symptoms. Someone that doesn't just hear period pain and then start thinking of all the birth control samples in the back with the reps that they're going to push on you, right? Someone that doesn't hear, you know, period pain. And it's just like, oh, you know, I was told, you know, have a couple kids stretch everything out. Okay. Well, I was two kids deep. And I remember asking my doctor, like, how many kids do I need to have? Am I going to have a basketball team? Am I cranking one out every year or two? Like, 
like, how many children is it going to take? Because one of the misconceptions is that if you just go have a baby, it'll clear, it'll, you know, loosen everything up. It'll balance out your hormones. Yeah. Don't get me started on all those misconceptions. So once again, if you have someone that actually listens, then it's, it's a lot different, but then you also have to, you know, the disparities of any race, right? Anyone with a uterus, anyone with ovaries, you also have the thing where, you know, if it's just a period issue, they're kind of trying to silo that, right? So when you're saying, Hey, I have really bad cramps and bloated, I have back pain, I have acne. And, you know, I get these crazy nosebleeds. They're kind of like nosebleeds. You know what? LJ, let's go to an ENT. Back pain, cool. Kick you to pain management. You know, oh, you're having a pelvic pain. You know, let me do something as your PCP, your primary care, or I'll switch you to OB-GYN. So you have five symptoms, let's say, you know, unless if you're lucky, you have only five symptoms. So let's say you come in with five symptoms. That may be just five different referrals to different physicians, right? And I think those can also be helpful. But endometriosis, the way it appears in everyone is so different, right? So that's where my heart goes out to the physicians because there is no checklist of like if they meet, you know, certain illnesses, if they meet this criteria, two out of three, it's definitely that, right? Like PCOS, if they do this, that, and the other, it's PCOS. Fibroids, you know what? We went for the ultrasound and we've seen them, you know, like we see what's going on versus endometriosis. It can appear different everyone's symptoms are so different and the symptoms I know, right. I make it stressful just thinking about it, but stressed I mean, out just listening to you. <laughs> you're like, dang girl. You guys I just looked at my ever. face in the camera and I was like, Oh my God. I'm so like disgusted. You're tormented <laughs> by it. I know <laughs> I can see it. Like my brows are furrowed. My lips are real. Per- I'm like, Ugh. but that's, that's the tricky part. It looks so different in everyone. Right. And then let me throw the icing on the cake where some people have silent endo, right? So take all the symptoms, you know, now you can relax your forehead. They may have endometriosis lesions throughout their entire body, have zero pain, zero period issues. And then suddenly they have a fertility issue. They go into the fertility specialist and they're like, oh my gosh, Susie Q, there's endometriosis everywhere. And they're like, that's weird because I never had period pain, you know, because once again, we just feel like it's a reproductive disorder, right? You know, but it's not. So there's a lot going on. So definitely when there's the misdiagnosis, you know, and some of the dismissal, I think some of it is a frustration on the practitioner because they're not really sure where to go. And you need someone that does like functional medicine, integrated medicine, someone that's going to put all the pieces together versus just take every single symptom and silo it and then, you know, refer you out. Or if you just look like you're just being overly dramatic or you in pain and crying, then it's like, oh, she just want pain pills, you know, oh, it's LJ again about her period pain. You know, like that's kind of how it comes. You know, you become that patient that keeps coming in, keeps coming in, but you have to have someone that actually listens. Something that you said made me just think and want to re-ask. So you are saying that there is like no trigger or like no one trigger, I should say for it. There's multiple triggers that could cause endometriosis. So the cause of endometriosis is unknown, right? So we have endometriosis, the cause is unknown, right? Now there's several different camps. I'm very much on, you know, the camp that it's an autoimmune disease. Now insurance, I know that they're probably like, man, if LJ and about a million other people got together, insurance definitely doesn't want to make an autoimmune, right? Because they got to cover a lot more. And like I said, the symptoms for me could be different than someone else. So then all of a sudden they're covering everything, right? So the cause of endometriosis is unknown. However, the symptoms will look different in every single patient. So for me personally, that was extreme bloating, food sensitivities, passing out during my cycle, days that I couldn't walk, right? So I thought it was normal to not be able to walk when you're, I was on my period. I thought it was, you know, it was normal to mark my calendar. I wish I could find my old calendars. Like I would mark, like before we had all the cool Google Docs and I got my iPad here, like before we had all the fun stuff, the old school calendar, like I would mark on my calendar PMS week because I knew that week I couldn't travel, couldn't go to work, wouldn't be able to shoot me videos. You know, like I did all this stuff out in public and it was like that week I was homebound, baby. 
And then definitely they're not asking me to do anything the day, you know, that I actually started my period. Like, feel free to not call, feel free to talk to my voicemail because that's where you were going to be, right? So there was lots of pain, lots of discomfort, chronic pain, painful sex. I was having lots of bowel issues. So then, you know, when the bowel issues came, it's just like, oh, you have IBS. Well, then it's like, okay, IBS, but what do I do now, right? Like, luckily for me, I kept going and I was very persistent. But yeah, chronic headaches, the hormonal acne, the joint pain, brain fog, dementia, like, you know, it was just like a lot going on, right? So you talk about that kind of the mental part of it. How does it affect your mind and body? We, I think we touched on the body portion, but the mind has always been very intriguing to me on how it actually affects your mental state. Right. So I'm going to go back and not to make light of this, but I love it. So remember when I was listing all the symptoms and you were just like, oh my gosh, right? Think if those were symptoms you had to deal with on a daily basis. You're going to the doctor. They're telling you that it's all in your head, right? So that's strike one. You have family members that are just like, oh my gosh, Stephanie's just so dramatic. You know, everyone in the family, you know, handles their period. And you know, you've got all these things going, right? So you've got family and friends that don't understand you. You've got an employer that kind of gets it, but you, you know, you're kind of missing a lot of work. So they want to help you, but they're not really understanding because supposedly it's period pain. And they're thinking all the other females come into the office, right? You've got a doctor not listening. You may have support from your partner and family. You may not. Then you have everything, like you said, the anxiety. So think of dealing with all those symptoms 24 seven, because it's not a period issue. So that pain and the cramping and bleeding, you know, your cycle, let's say it's June 1st through June 5th. You may have issues then, but with endometriosis, you could still be having all the same symptoms and pain June 5th through June 30th and OP. Yes, here comes your period again in July. So when you talk about the mental health, you're talking about a chronic pain warrior, right? Chronic illness warrior. You're under attack, not just physically, but those physical symptoms will make you jaded, right? Yeah, you're going to be depressed. Who wouldn't be depressed, right? If they can't go out and enjoy their summer. If they're, you know, for example, it's summer, there's weddings and we're free and we're ready to travel. I mean, where would you get the joy? Why would you not be depressed if you're like, I'm going to be stuck on Mattress Island all summer. I'm not going to be able to go out to the pool or, you know, if you're having the murder scene periods, right? You know, murder scene periods and, you know, a thong and a bikini and a bathing suit, those don't go together. I mean, let's be honest, you know, you can wear your swim panties and all that fun stuff, you know, like there's all these period panties, but at the end of the day, if you have that type of flow, I mean, let's be honest. Do you want to be at the water park with that situation? You want to be hosting a pool party with that situation? Probably not, right? (laughs) So it starts wearing on your psyche, right? So that depression, that anxiety. Now, yes, you may already have a predisposition into, you know, all these mental health issues, but that level of pain, I'm sorry, I'm a strong person, but baby, that'll break you down. You will start to question yourself. I know for me, I was like, okay, I'm very educated. I'm articulate. I'm like, yeah, it was me and Dr. Google, but I'm like a girl I've been to school. Like I have paid some money. I'm educated, but I'm like, this is wearing on me, right? Like we're talking about maybe you are in a career and you're feeling amazing. And for me, I got this job and I climbed to the top of the ladder, you know, making the six, seven figures. I'm like, I made it, you know, we're here. And then two weeks later, while walked in and in tears and had to basically hand the job back and explain to them that I had this body with this weird period problem that I thought, you know, that I couldn't manage that I wasn't able to take the job. Right. So you've got all of those things. And so I use those examples because it really just kind of hones in like, yeah, your mental health is pretty shot. Right. And we're talking about repeated appointments of people not listening, you know, repeated family members that, you know, aren't being supported that don't understand. You start questioning yourself. I mean, I know for me, I'd go into the appointments and I 
I remember sitting in my car in tears because I'd be like, I swear I missed last week of work, but I just went to the doctor and talked to me for like eight or nine minutes. And he just kind of talked me into maybe I was just being dramatic. But then I'm like, I could swear my paycheck's short because I didn't go to work last week. You know, like you're trying to balance all that. So mental health is huge. I love that question because a lot of people really just focus on the physical symptoms. They're like, okay, I'll put the birth control on the acne, bring in this, that, and the other for the joint pain. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the right mindset, which I did a little, just a little quick mindset video this morning as I was doing my lemon water in the kitchen. I don't know if you see it, but it was like, how do you set your mindset? For me, I had to come up with some huge things in my toolbox, right? And just the simple stuff like, oh, self-care is have a massage. Okay. How do you get a massage when you can't walk? I mean, let's be honest. How do you budget for a massage when you've missed nine days of work? Let's, let's just talk real talk, right? Like you're not treating yourself to a massage. You're not going out with your girlfriends on a Thursday night. If you've missed a week and a half of work, you're adulting, you're budgeting. You know that that's not in your budget. And you know, chronic pain 24 seven. I love to get my nails done, honey. I got a strong nail game, but like that, the nail, get my nails done is not going to make me feel much better when I can't walk, when I can't function, when I can't eat properly. So mental health is a huge, huge factor. And to be honest, I've seen a lot of research and maybe I'll do a little Instagram thing about it as well, because the research is showing that with the mental health issues, it's actually exasperating the physical symptoms, right? So not saying that the physical symptoms aren't there. I 110% believe you because I'm like, I tell people and I joke about it, but seriously, like I'm not coming from the high horse. So don't do this. Don't do that. Cause I learned in a book. I'm like, baby, I come from the low horse. I've been there, done that. Like I know, like I know in my knower I've been there, but yeah, you have to find that balance because your body is under attack. And that's why it's so important to have a community of, you know, just simple things like a podcast, right? Like there are probably list people listening to this podcast and they're like, oh, that's what it is. You know, like you don't know what you don't know, but once you get the knowledge, right, then it's finding the support system. It's finding the doctors. It's all of that. And so the mental health plays a huge, huge role. And so I think there's also a stigma. Sorry, I get very fired up about this part. Keep going. We love it. Yeah. Oh my God. Go for it. But this is the other thing, right? After people have told you you're crazy, you're crazy, you're crazy. By the time you get to this place and you're like, dang it, I think I am depressed. How quickly are you going to run to a therapist? You're all very anti-therapist at that point. Cause you're just like, for years, people have thrown me in therapy. They've told me that I'm crazy. So even once you figure out like, okay, I've got anxiety and having PTSD, you know, all of this, then it's like your drive to actually get help is squashed because it's all, it's been used as a weapon, you know, against you. It's been kind of been thrown at you as a dart. So then when you actually need to put that tool in your toolbox, there's this negative stigma around, you know, I don't want to go to the therapist or I'm not crazy. And it's like, I totally get patients like that too. And, you know, I'm like, I get it. You're not crazy. But at the end of the day, like your PTSD is kicking in, right? You're going to these doctor's appointments and you're, you know, having panic attacks, you're sweating, you're having all these issues. And so that trauma has to be dealt with, man, I feel like this could be a two hour podcast, just thinking about all the things because you know, the traumas, right. Then you're, tra you're traumatized. So then you don't want to go to the appointments and then you go and they don't treat you right. So you're just like, do I go? Do I not? You know, it's like either way you're having to juggle it, but yeah, the mental health is huge. And I wish more people would talk about it. I know. And I, I mean, just calling myself out. Yes. We always talk about the physical part, but the mental. So thanks for calling me out, Stephanie. I like this reminder, honey. This is great. I'm going to do some Instagram this week. I'm talking about mindset next week, baby, we go into mental health. So I oh, got you. I love it. No, I love everything about mental health because for me, I mean, it's, I'm not shy. I'm, I'm 
pretty sure at this point people can like quote me verbatim, but I am currently or, in or recovery. Or fill in the blank. Or fill Stephanie, in the blank. Yeah, What's Stephanie going to say? Fill in the blank say? here, listeners. What's <laughs> Stephanie going to say? No, I'm in recovery for an anxiety disorder. And like a year ago, I couldn't even get up off the floor. Like my mom had to feed me because I just was distraught. But I had come across endometriosis in my search to figure out what was going on. I got everything checked. I'm okay. But I heard a story where a gentleman, he was studying to be a, a mortician and they were looking at the cadavers and he said it broke his heart because this woman was diagnosed with anxiety her whole life. Come to find out she had endometriosis and nobody advocated for her. Nobody believed her. And so when she passed, and this is never to scare anybody, but like when she passed, that contributed to a lot of what had, I guess, happened with her. And he's like, you know, it it upset him because he's like, she could have gotten help. And everyone just passed it off as like, oh, it's just some anxiety. So kind of talking to the symptoms of it all, how can we or some of our listeners who are dealing with this, how can we manage the symptoms of endo? So managing the symptoms is huge, right? And it kind of depends too. I'll talk about getting diagnosed, right? Because there's so many, once again, I feel like we could do a whole podcast just on misconceptions, right? So the diagnosis of endometriosis, there's so many things out there, right? So the golden standard to be diagnosed with endometriosis is a laparoscopic procedure. So where they physically make the little notches in the belly button, or, you know, y'all usually have three to four incisions. They actually go in with a camera and see what is going on. That is the golden standard. Now, there are some misconceptions out there that, you know, getting diagnosed with endometriosis can be done via MRI, ultrasound, CAT scan. You know, there are other things that can be done that can kind of validate and kind of be like, okay, yeah, we're using some of this knowledge and it's putting a little more, you know, weight in the bank that it's endometriosis. But the golden standard as of now, I think there's another one, but I'm going to stick with that one. I, I think that's the most concrete right now is laparoscopic procedure. The golden standard to have endometriosis removed from your body, right, is to need to be done by an endometriosis excision surgeon. So excision surgery is when they actually go and cut out the lesions. Now, a lot of people, I mean the insurance, once again, a lot of people, their insurance may not cover excision or their insurance does cover excision. But what the doctor will tell you, I'm sorry, doctors, but I got to just put the truth out there, baby. That's how it is. Why would they do a nine hour, 10 hour procedure and make the same amount of money when they can just go in and do an ablation, which may take an hour or two, right? And the ablation surgery is basically where they go in and burn the uterus. Now, I won't bore you again with saying it three times, but remember when we talked about the definition of endometriosis, which are lesions outside of the uterus, I'm just going to drop the hot mic after I say this, burning the uterus, yes, I'll let you do the math, may not be leading you in the right direction, right? But what it will do is sometimes kind of tick off those endometriosis lesions, even if they, you know, find any and burn the top, right? So when you're thinking about ablation, think of grass, right? You can mow weeds all day long. You mow the weeds down, they'll be back next Thursday. Mow the weeds down, be back next Thursday. Thursday. Excision, they're like, mm -mm. we're going to get down on the hands and knees. We're not going to just mow the weeds down. This is my best analogy. We're going to get down and pull the weed out, right? That is excision surgery, actually having it excised. Now, I recommend, I mean, once again, it's your choice, your body. I'm here to support you. I'm sure they'll have all my links. You can have it done. Sometimes people have it done by an OBGYN. Sometimes you can have the OB guide that is really familiar and they're able to go in and do that. I always recommend that you have it done by an excision specialist and endometriosis surgery that specializes. I mean, I'm talking about somebody that eats, sleeps, and breathes endo, right? I know this much compared to them, right? And I'm pretty knowledgeable 
knowledgeable on endo, but like that is their thing. They're able to identify it. And I'm sure you've seen the videos where it looks so different. You know, what looks like little something over here could be something way different, but you need an excision surgery to really go in and properly clean it out. Now here's the kicker, right? Here comes your eyebrows again, girl, get ready. Stephanie, I'm coming for you. Just because you have excision surgery, that is not a cure. So just because you have excision surgery, let's say in 2020, you could still be having issues in 2022. You could have surgery this summer and still have issues because endometriosis lesions can grow back. So that's why we want to circle to another misconception of, you know what? You're like, you know what, LJ, I'm out, honey. You're scaring me. I'm over it. I'm just going to yank out all my lady parts. Taking out your uterus and taking out your ovaries is not going to remove endometriosis for you again, circling back because endometriosis lesions are not inside of your uterus. Now they can be on your ovaries, right? So removing those could add some quality of life, but endometriosis can form their own lesions. They can grow back. They can also create their own hormones, right? So the whole just stopping, you know, turning off your period, that's not necessarily going to cure the endo. So as of right now, there is, I hate saying it, but it's the truth. There is no cure. Now there are things you can do for quality of life. And that's really where I come in specializing in natural holistic measures. There's definitely things you can do as far as surgery. You know, you've got the excision surgery to remove it. You've got the laparoscopic surgery to diagnose it. But basically if you want true quality of life, you have to make lifestyle changes. You got to tackle the nutrition, the mindset, and you know, just some of those lifestyle hacks and things that you need to do. That's really where I come and specialize in because even if you have the surgery, you you know, like I said, you could have surgery this summer if you don't make lifestyle changes. I know we just, we basically signed up for a blessing that we didn't even know it was a blessing. It's just something we have to deal with. But even if you have surgery, there's things you need to do to prepare your body for surgery so that you don't have a lot of scar tissue so that you can reduce the inflammation. And then there's things that you need to do as far as a lifestyle change so that you can maintain that, you know, good level and keep those hormones in balance and really decrease the amount of lesions that return. Let's now touch, cause this is a great segue. What do you do to advocate for your ladies that come to you with this? How do you get down to the nitty gritty? We want to hear it. Yes. So the first thing I know, once again, they're like, oh, it's going to be woo woo. We have to touch on the mindset the nutrition and the lifestyle changes, right? Now, there's a lot of things that come into those pillars. Now, when it comes to nutrition, once again, because the diagnosis and the symptoms are different from patient to patient, that nutrition that works for me could be kryptonite for someone else, right? So when I'm doing that, I don't have cookie cutter nutrition. People are like, send me a PDF. And I'm like, I can, I need to go in. I do individualized care, right? None of this cookie cutter stuff, you know, nothing against the programs that do that, but every single body is different, right? So there are foods that you need to work with. We look at everything and there's a lot of things that go into nutrition, right? It's not just the don't, 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 right? Because it's really easy for me to tell you, don't do dairy, don't do gluten, don't do wheat, don't do this. And you're like, oh, what do I have? Air and water. Yeah, do air and water, right? And sometimes you feel like that's all you have is air and water, saltines. Oh crap, saltines have wheat. You know, it's like you don't know what to do. So what really finding out what's going on, right? We have to look at the food sensitivities. We have to look at those food triggers, food allergies, and then your GI, right? Your gut with the chronic systemic inflammation, you know, even if you're taking you know, uh, there's a supplement called Zyplin. I know a lot of my patients love that. You could be taking curcumin, you know, ginger. There's all the supplements in the world. Once again, I'm your practitioner, not yours till you sign on the dotted line. And this is 
all for educational purposes, but the nutrition is key. You have to find out what works for your body and not just from today on, right? So the day, today we're recording the podcast in June. It's not just, okay, what do I do for June? You also have to think about what happened prior to then, right? Were you on birth control for 10 or 15 years, right? No shame if that's what you chose as part of your healing journey, but that means 10 or 15 years worth of nutrient deficiencies. We got to go in and fill in those blocks. That birth control could also cause leaky gut, right? So you could be doing all the amazing supplements, you know, and all these amazing organic foods, but if you've got leaky gut, then, you know, so there's a lot going on. So that nutrition and gut health is huge, right? Got to go to the mindset. I know it's a little woo-woo for some people, but it's where it's at. You got to step into the woo-woo. I tell people, here's the deal. If that's not your thing, we'll do everything in my program. But at the end of the day, if you don't feel like we're getting any results, we're circling back to the woo-woo. It just is what it is, right? So there's a lot of trauma work. And the best way I explain it is, you know, think of your heart, right? Let's say you had a breakup, you made a bad grade, you lost your job, your heart's going through all this, right? Your mind, your body, your soul. But as a female, when you have that womb space, you're also dropping that into your second heart, right? So all those traumas and not just traumas because people think traumas are like, oh, sexual abuse, I didn't have any. That's not the only traumas, right? It can be a stressor like, oh, I've gotten married, you've gotten married, I've gotten divorced. Like all of these things that you go through, if you're holding that in your womb space. So there's a lot of mindset work because a lot of the times, right? So as I was saying, when you're looking at the physical health and the mental health, it ties together, right? So if your nutrition's not on point, neither is your body going to be on point. So you've got to be able to balance all of that. Your mindset is your foundation. So that gut is really the, you know, the foundation of your health, but that mindset, like your energy. So all of those things have to be addressed. And then, like I said before, there is no cure, right? So there's no like, sign me up. I'll take the cure today, right? As of right now, lots of research still has to be done. There's no cure, but there's lifestyle changes, right? Quality of life. For example, I personally do not have any cramping. All the symptoms that I was having before with, you know, the endometriosis diagnosis, I have none. The only thing that I still struggle with, and some of it is a side effect of the medication that I took, another one of the conceptions that if you go into menopause, you'll be all better. Don't do it, ladies. It's a lie. It's not true. <laughs> but it was a choice I made and I live with it. But moving on from that, one of the things that I still deal with are the autoimmune-like issues. So like I said, no period cramping, nothing like that. None of the symptoms from before. Thank goodness all gone. But the autoimmune-like part is tough, right? So there are days that my immune system's not showing up. There's a lot that you have to do. So those lifestyle hacks come in, right? Your body is under attack with that chronic systemic inflammation. So you have to, I mean, you have to, have to, have to be detoxing your body, bringing in the nutrients and like bringing all that in to really make a full circle care is what you need. Like the full functional health, bringing in the nutrition, the mindset, the fitness, like it all really, really, really does make a difference. We talk about that in recovery is that we're not trying to eradicate anxiety. You can't get rid of it. We can get rid of anxiety disorders, but it's learning how to relate to it in a different way. It's learning to build your toolbox and be able to understand when something's happening to you, you are able to reach down in that toolbox and go, well, this would be like the 600th time I'm dying from a heart attack, but I don't actually have a heart attack. So you're able to like, let it kind of reset and get back to balance. So it, it is true though. You're just learning to relate your symptoms in a different way. And that I think comes from going through the experience, but then also advocating for it on the other end, you're educating yourself. And that comes through in how you speak, as you can tell that it's very much personal, but it's educational. I like feel like I need to go out on the front lines and be like, why isn't anybody talking about this? That's what I was thinking about earlier. I was like 16 years ago. All right. So I was 14 and like, never, ever did I hear this word. Did Last I year was the first time I ever heard about it. 
ever. Of course we don't know. Cause like you said, LJ, without the education, how do you know? Education is power. Education is key. So if we're not being educated on these things, of course, you're never going to know that there's something wrong that you believe that this is normal because that's what society, that's what these doctors are telling you. And I just think that's, that's like the problem. And one of our main problems in this country is that like, we just don't want to talk about it. We're also scared to open our mouths and to say our truths. But like the thing is, and the thing that we've learned from doing this podcast for almost two years is like our connectivity as women is so strong. And if we open our mouths, the connectivity amplifies and we amplify one another's voices and our choices and our lives. And like that, that's how we advocate for one another by actually speaking up and doing the work. I hope my nieces, because I, I do this for them, I don't have any kids yet, but like I hope that they grow up in a world now. They're eight and 10, and I'm sure everybody could fill in the blank for that. How old are Emily's nieces? I hope they get to walk away with so much more knowledge than I had about what was going on in my body. And they get to therefore live a better life because they'll be so educated that they'll be like, yes, let me tell you about this instead of just being quiet. For me, I have a chronic illness. I was diagnosed two years ago. I have something called ulcerative proctitis. So I also have, you know, some GI issues. And the minute that I was diagnosed after I had my first, oh gosh, what is it called? The thing that they put you to sleep and then probe your little butt. Oh gosh, why am I forgetting the name? Colonoscopy. Colonoscopy. Bless you. Thank they you. Probe yes. your little butt. <laughs> probe your little butt. It's the best nap you'll ever have. The prep though is the worst thing you'll ever do in your life, everyone. If you've never done it, by God, try and avoid it at all costs. I've had three colonoscopies since, but my first one was to diagnose me to see what was going on. And I remember when she called and my doctor diagnosed me with something, I immediately started crying because my first thought, because I didn't have any education on it. I didn't know what was happening. I was just being told that there's something wrong with you, which is automatically or so you're like, what? Okay. And I went, can I have kids? Like, I didn't know. I was so fearful that that was going to take away my chance of doing something that I've always wanted to do. Once I figured out that of course it will not affect my ability to have kids, which is great. But I wanted to make sure that I wouldn't have lasting symptoms, even though my symptoms were mild and I'm very lucky. I made lifestyle changes. That was so important to me. I immediately changed my diet. And I think like you're saying, like, it's so important to do that for yourself because your mind is connected to your body and your body is connected to your mind. So they need to work in harmony. Otherwise nothing is going to change. You need to make change to make change. I went off on a tangent, but I got fired up. I'm like, preach honey, go, go, go. I'm like, <laughs> true, right? And you don't know what you don't know. But then when you get the diagnosis and you're just like, oh, you have endo or, you know, come back and try this birth control and come back in six or nine months. I mean, it's very discouraging. And so a lot of the times when my patients come to me, they've tried everything, right? They've tried all of the, you know, the pills, potions, and the lotion. They've done all the diets, the keto, the paleo. They're like, I'm vegan, I'm vegetarian, I'm pescatarian. Like they've tried everything, right? Every detox under the sun. I mean, sometimes we're on Zoom where I meet at their homes and I'm like, they've got more supplements than a vitamins for, right? And so they're trying to DIY what I call their own healing protocol. So by the time they get to me, they're like, Hey, this is ruining my life. You know, I can't get married. I don't want to date. You know, I'm down and out. I'm depressed. Or, you know, like myself, I was a single mother with two children and I couldn't even properly raise my children. I didn't have the energy. Right. And let's talk about financially. It's like, okay, it's hard to put kids through summer camp and do all these fun things when you don't have the finances, but you're not going to have the finances unless you're able to go to work or let's take it a step further. You're making all the money. Right. But then the medical costs, everything that your insurance is not paying for, right. All the natural stuff, like the natural path and the acupuncture and all that stuff. Yeah. HSA helped a little, but 
a lot of the care, and even now I still pay for it, it's all alternative medicine. It's all functional medicine. That's coming right out of our pocket. So it's like when they come to me, we create a plan, right? We create the blueprint. And I don't just email it to you and be like, all right, you know, here you go, Stephanie, let me know how it turns out. It's like, no, 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 right? You are stuck with me, honey, on the hip. I bring this energy to every session because I needed enough energy for me and for you. We take that blueprint, we implement it, and then we make changes. We troubleshoot, right? And that's the difference. And that's why I always say nothing against other practitioners, but the cookie cutter stuff doesn't work, right? Because maybe you make nutrition changes and you're like, oh my gosh, the bloating is great. Everything is fine. I'm taking digestive enzymes. I'm amazing. Other times you're doing it and maybe there's a little bit more going on with your gut, right? Maybe there's some more damage because of pharmaceuticals or maybe there's endo. I had endo lesions on my bowels, right? So everything was just really puffy and inflamed. And so it's being able to figure that out. You said something really, really pointed. I personally will die on this hill. When you go through something traumatic, like that, like an anxiety disorder, like depression, like something physical or mental that's really heavy, while it's really uncomfortable, I cannot even begin to tell you I am a completely different person since last year. And Emily can attest to this. If you listen to our episodes when we first started Cycle Chats, I was lying through my teeth about how happy I was. Now you hear the difference. It just changes you because there's a part of you that's stronger than you ever thought could be possible. Do you ever get people that say, I just want to be myself again. I want to be the old version of me. And do you have to debunk that to be like, you're not going to, you're going to be a better version. Right. It's finding the new you. I mean, even for myself, I mean, when I, but I think about it and a lot of times people are like, I just want to go back. And it's like, do you want the old me? Or do you just want to be able to have a period that doesn't make it pass out every second? Do you want old you? Or do you want to just get rid of some of this inflammation so that you can take your kids to the park and push them on the swing? And it's usually like, I just want quality of life. Well, I love you sharing that, right? The whole lying out of your, you know, your teeth, <laughs> the way you said, you're like, it wasn't true. But the thing is, is you're tired of hiding in plain sight. You're tired of, you know, missing events. You're tired of being on mattress Island and missing out time with your family. You know, you're tired of your life passing you by. You're tired of people getting promoted at work. And you're like, I've got credentials. I've been here 20 years. And so that means once again, like you asked me, you know, why do I do what I do? It's like, that's why, because I love hearing those stories, right? I love the tough cases because I'm a tough one, right? I'm like, baby, when it's talking about a tough one, I'm a toughie, right? But like I said, I have to really work on the mindset. And so hopefully if you guys pin all the links, you can check out my Instagram account. Somewhere on there, you'll find the video. But it, it's all about mindset, setting my intentions. You know, I had a great weekend, but I had a little up and down. You know, your girl may have had like a mini hot flash, a little attitude tank. I may have been crying for no reason. Like I may have had a couple, you know, or let me just say, I may have known someone that had those issues and I may have been her. You know how that goes. Yeah, I, I had my period and I will tell you that I like absolutely lost my faculties. And then like two days later, got my period. And I was like, ah, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> so. I'm back to being a princess. I'm back. <laughs> But it was tough, right? Because on Monday, I was like, okay, you wake up and you're like, am I fine? Am I good? You know, my face breaking out, my hair falling, you know? And I was like, look here, honey, write your junk journal, drop that junk in the journal from the weekend and let's keep it pushing. I'm traveling this week. I'm going to spread some endometriosis awareness in Denver. I'm getting some medical stuff done. Like I have all these things to look forward to. So I was like, okay, are we going to let the crap from the weekend hold me down, right? Are you going to let that flare that maybe mess up your entire weekend? Are you going to bring that negativity into this week? Because sometimes once again, and maybe woo, but that mindset, right? That whole negative mindset that messed up your weekend. Why would you let that come in 
and ruin the rest of your month, right? Why would you go ahead and let that energy and you're just already like, oh my gosh, this summer is going to be horrible. It, it technically hasn't even started, you know? Yeah, you know, it can be there, but it's got to sit in the back seat. It's not allowed to drive. Child locks are on the windows. Let's go, baby. Yes, I love it. So it, it really is finding your why of why you want to be better and then figuring out the plan to get there. Our favorite word is why. We love why. Oh my goodness. Well, LJ, I could really talk to you for hours and hours and hours, but unfortunately the listener is going to eventually have to fall asleep because I know, yeah, <laughs> I know I will because grandma's already like, oh, it's past my bedtime. So <laughs> I will, I'm already in, halfway in pajamas. I know you can't see me, but my bottom half, my favorite thing in the whole You're lucky she's even world. got a bra on. I do actually, I was like, wait a minute. I do though. <laughs> You're very welcome. This conversation is so empowering. You are such a like, firecracker and you got good energy, which I appreciate. So I need to know what women empowerment means to you. Women empowerment is everything. Like it's remembering that fire is in you. And the one thing I always say is that the fire is in you, but despite your chronic illness, despite your diagnosis, stop defining yourself by that diagnosis, right? Stop defining yourself by endometriosis. Stop defining yourself by fibromyalgia, PCOS, fibroids, whatever it is. Like, yes, that is a diagnosis, but I'm like, and we don't cuss on this podcast because I say something totally different. So here's the PG version. Do not let an ICD code, a code in your medical file, your medical records, like don't let a code that your doctor put on you from IBS or whatever this, do not let yourself be defined by a number right? That they're using in an insurance system. It really isn't you, right? Like it may be a part of you. It may be a part of your journey, but what I do and what I, what I love to do is really to motivate, educate, and empower because the power and the fire is within you that you can live an amazing life despite your diagnosis. We just need the reminder sometimes. Yeah. You are not your diagnosis. I cannot even just, God, I'm going to cry. I think <laughs> when we get off this call, because it's yes, yes to all of that is that learning that doesn't define you. And you said something that I'm going to repeat another time is that you can live a healthy and happy life, even with these things. Say it one more time for the people in the back. You can, in fact, live a healthy and happy life with these things. So there is hope always. There is hope on the horizon. You just have to be willing to see it. And then that brings me to my last question. What advice would you give your 15-year-old self? To not give up. At 15 years old, not like others. At 15 years old, I graduated from high school. I went straight to college. That was a, you know, it's amazing. Yes, I was smart and brilliant. And, you know, school and academics have been easy for me. But I remember falling into some depression probably around my sophomore year of college just because it was like my body was falling apart. My mom thought I was a hypochondriac. You know, I was told by my mother that I'm strong black woman that I didn't feel pain. So to talk about pain was showing weakness, right? To show up at college, 15 years old, right? You definitely weren't the cool kid. You're in classes with adults. Your body's falling apart. You're just, you know, you're the weird one, right? So I would go back and tell myself that it's going to be okay to not give up because I know definitely I slumped into some depression. You know, yes, I was making the 4.0 and, you know, out checking all the boxes where everything looked perfect, but my mental health was taking a toll. Thank you for saying that because I think that's, that's just across the board with, I'm going to say young ladies specifically because there's so much pressure already put on you at such an early age for me it was you got to get married find a husband and it boxes you in before you can even figure out 
what you want to do. You have just been such a delight to speak with. And I feel so inspired. And I just know that there are going to be people who feel the same energy that we felt. And I just want to say a very, very heartfelt thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for your struggles. And thank you for taking time to fight for a cause that quite frankly, more people need to be fighting for. So truly from every part of my being, from my lips to my other lips. Thank you very much for everything. <laughs> I love it. I love it. She said the lips, the lips, baby. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. I mean, it's something I'm very passionate about. I mean, yeah, I could talk about it like a broken record, but it changes lives because every time I do a podcast, every time I do an Instagram post, whatever it is, people are like, oh my gosh, it made me think, it made me slow down. It made me go get the diagnosis. It helped me take an idea to my doctor. And then my doctor was kind of like, yeah, you know, maybe so let's look into it. Right. So it is truly changing lives. And that's, why I do the work that I do. Well, then other people have to know where to find you because we know where to find you. But I know people are going to be like, where can I get more of this? Because I'm into it. So where can people find you? And do you have any fun and exciting things coming up that we should keep on the horizon for? Ooh, fun and exciting things. Well, everything I have right now is waitlisted. I am taking some one-on-one clients on. So we're in June. So I probably have room for about three more one-on-ones um, for June and probably three for July. Aside from that, everything is waitlisted. But you can definitely find me on Instagram LJS underscore powerhouse. Everyone always calls me a powerhouse and I'm like, it's perfect because that's literally my Insta handle. And then we'll have my Shopify store. I've got a lot of digital products as well because some of you are on the waiting list and you're like, send me free, send me free. I know. I can only do so much, right? I still a chronic illness warrior, conqueror myself. So I got to make sure I'm taking care of myself doing that self-care, but I've got some amazing digital products and then some one-on-one coaching. And we'll have the link as well. If you guys want to work with me, I do have a 10 to 15 minute consultation call because sometimes you just need some answers, right? You're like, you're not sure if coaching is what you need. And I'll be honest, you know, not everyone's for me. I really like to work with people that are motivated, that are ready to do the work, that are really to make the changes. Cause like I said, I don't do cookie cutter coaching. I'm not just going to send you an email every week and, you know, tell you to figure it out on your own. I'm really going to link arms with you and just get you to where you need to be. Well, thank you so much, LJ, for taking your time. And as we always say, go check out our website, which is www.cyclechats.com. We have a blog there where you can get to know Emily and myself a little bit more. Of course, sign up for our newsletter because we've got some cool things for all you cats and kittens coming up like YouTube. We've already announced that. So we're very excited for you to check that out, but you got to sign up for the newsletter to get those alerts. And then you can find us on pretty much every social media platform, which is at cyclechats chats, all lowercase, no caps. And with that being said, as we always say, we hope you sync up with us next time. Mm